right, I'm ready. I gotta go eat a sandwich and watch Bob Newhart reruns. Oh, well, I don't want to interrupt that. (laughs) Fun time. Uh, Let me get my cocaine. Get it. Hey, this is deconversion therapy. This is Karen. This is Bonnie. Hold on. All right. What? I'm recording. (laughs) Oh, my God. Not now, Mom. I've got my headgear on. (laughs) (laughs) I had since, like, waving at me to put my blinds down. (laughs) And I can't even do it. And now he's not looking at me. Like, he's like, okay. Just because my dog's looking at me. I'll just go back to listening to my, my podcast. Okay. All right. I'm going to do that again. I don't know why. Oh, God. All right. This is Deconversion Therapy Podcast, and that's Bonnie, and I'm Karen. Hi. (laughs) I will tell you when to talk. Okay. Try it again. No, that's good. Welcome. This is Deconversion Therapy Podcast. I'm Karen. I'm Bonnie. And our podcast is for anyone that's curious about organized religion. You don't have to be religious. You can be super religious. You can be of any religion. But we use some humor and we look at things that are crazy and then we talk about them. Uh, While you've got your phone out, we'd love if you would hit some of those stars uh, to rate us. We'd love you to review us and, of course, subscribe. And this week is going to be about lock-ins. I I just want to interject that I don't ever want anyone to review us. Thanks. Okay, so while Bonnie (laughs) has some sort of leftover guilt from our church. A reluctance to know the truth. Now listen, even Jesus was (gasps) up high on the cross. People saw him. So once in a while, we have to step out there, and it's okay. But the more people review us, the more iTunes will be like, okay, let's put them up a little more so people can find them. And people really need this kind of discussion. I know. I'm just afraid that the people are going to organize and put a whole bunch of bad reviews in. The people with, like, hot rollered hair. Well, they weren't (laughs) till you said that. So... I thought you believed in the secret, but now you what? put it out there. Oh, I do. Yep. All right. Great. So, <laughs> suck it. Great. Now we're going to get all trolled. They won't listen. They have too much Bible studying to do. That's right. Reading all right. Those same two verses over and over. Um, so, lock ins. What are yeah. they? How do I get to them? <laughs> them. And. Well, Where you don't get to lock? go unless you're uh, like under a 20 or so. Because lock-ins when we were around the 18-year-old mark, we would go to the big building that was adjacent to our church and literally at like 8 o'clock at night, they would lock the doors and we would all stay in there <laughs> until sunrise the next day and then we would go walk across the street and have a sunrise service 
I didn't remember that home. part. Yeah. They're, they're, you're not going to remember much about our lock-ins because they were extraordinarily unmemorable. They were really boring. Yeah. And they didn't even bring in extra chairs. So pretty much all we had was one little patch with a couple of sofas and then just a bunch of metal folding chairs. What I remember, so Bonnie and I went to a Southern Baptist church in South Florida, and the youth group building had a very hard floor, whatever it was made out of. It wasn't marble, but it was some sort of ceramic. Yeah, tile. Yeah. So I do remember one lock-in, and it was just me and maybe one other person leaning against the wall, um, (laughs) you know, just talking about school and boys and then running out of stuff to say, but you couldn't sleep because it's totally uncomfortable. That's it. And it would be the same, you know, oh, we're meeting at night. Let's get pizza. Yep. You know, and we would stay up all night. That was the whole idea. And, and in just, the morning, donuts and a big jug of orange juice we all had to share. Yeah. No yeah. coffee. No, that's for adults. <laughs> yeah. No. And everybody would be backed up with their GI systems. You know? Yeah. It was bad. You, I know. Because you felt, ew, it was really. Um, yeah, it was like uh, it was like taking a red eye flight without any of the nice parts. Like, right. Oh, we don't get to go anywhere, but we've been up all night and now we can't poop. That's right. And our bones are even though we're only 16 and our bones <laughs> should be a lot better. Um, no, yeah. our lock-ins were crap. They I'm were sorry. They were torture. I know. The only one I remember is the one that I suggested because I was the president of the Youth Leadership Council. I didn't even know we had one. (laughs) Shut up. No, I cannot (laughs) remember that. Well, it was on my college applications. So people knew. Um, But I I thought, oh, well, let's do a lock-in. That'll be fantastic. And it was either for... I want to say it was for New Year's Eve, maybe. So you're saying that this sucky lock-in was your idea. (laughs) Well, one of them, but I didn't get it out of, you know, I didn't pull it out of my butt. It came from somewhere. Because it was stopped up in there. (laughs) Where it should have stayed. (laughs) Well, it came from somewhere. Um, All I do remember is... We had friends who were on the fence about whether they would go in at the designated time to lock the doors. Right, right. And um, I'm sure those were, I want to say that was my male friend who had not come out of the closet to me yet, who was trying to decide if he should go in and have the worst night of his life. <laughs> yeah. Or... <laughs> Or hopefully go to a bar where he might find acceptance and love. Right. So I, I'm, I couldn't tell you if he decided to come in or not. But, you know, and these were all the guys who had cars, too. And nobody was checking up on him. So it would always be like, ah, uh, you know, my parents think I'm going to be at this all night. Right. But I might just go sleep on the beach, <laughs> you know. And 
And it's, yeah, they didn't have like a manifest. There was no (laughs) sign-in sheet that I can remember. There probably was. But there was no way to say, oh, your child is supposed to be at the lock-in, but he's really over at Shannon's house. Right. Letting, you know, her touch things. things. Right. Well, there was a waiver. Do you remember? What? It was like you had to write your parents' name, and then it said, in case of um, extreme boredom, you will not sue the church. Uh. Uh. <laughs> um, I don't think there was any accountability in, in that regard at all, like no phone numbers, nothing. Right, right. And I do know, you know, it was in the days of VHS tapes and... Uh, um, players so Mm -hmm. i'm sure we had movies you know pg or g movies um, i want to say like et was an obvious choice no she cussed what no didn't when there one (laughs) there was one bad bad word well i mean they're not going to show a saturday night fever yeah but um uh so 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 they're different now, and I wanted to read you a couple of the things that I found online. Please do. Are you ready? I am um, ready. <laughs> okay. Because the thing is, uh, they've evolved. And I, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but they've, they've gone the way of every evolution of stuff, and they're now over the top. Right. It's like a kid's birthday party. Where? In Los everyone, Angeles. Well, even here. When it started with birthday parties where you then get little gifts for the kids who come. Yeah, the goodie bags. All, uh, yeah. Well, I, I'm excited to hear about these lock-ins. Well. And I bet they can't legally lock the door anymore either. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder what they're like with mobile phones, too. That's right. I don't know. Um, So (laughs) this guy on, uh, I don't even know what website this is, and I'm afraid to pronounce it. But he said um, somebody got a hold of an article that he wrote way back in 2002 Mm -hmm. for World. You probably know what that is. I know know. what the world is. Well, there's some kind of media thing. Okay. Um, That, that, okay, so back then, four sets of parents were suing a church in Indiana for what happened at a New Year's Eve lock-in. A youth leader, I'm reading this, so Mm -hmm. I should tell you whose article it is, if I could. Jean Veith? What? What? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) So a youth leader chewed up a mixture of dog food, sardines, oh God, potted meat. I don't even know what that oh. means. Spammy stuff. I don't know. Okay, Ugh. that seems more like a British thing. Sauerkraut, cottage cheese, and salsa, topped mm. off with holiday eggnog. As if this spectacle were not disgusting enough, he then spit out the mixture into a glass and encouraged the members of the youth group to drink it. Why? I know. 
And it said some of those who did, of course, became sick, whereupon their parents sued the church. My God. And then the AP got hold of it and said the pastor um, had this gross-out game. The game is called the Human Vegematic. And that it was just for fun and that the church forced no one to participate. Of course. Um, The lawsuit accused the adults in charge of pressuring 13 and 14-year-olds into activities that caused them physical and mental harm. Okay, hold on. Do you ever remember a grown-up being in these lockouns? Well, first of all, the whole idea of suing a church because kids are feeling forced to do something that causes mental harm is what everyone who is now seeing psychiatrists and psychologists because of religious trauma, they didn't get to sue because they were told that they were, you know, nothing and not worthy. Exactly. But um, I do remember, okay, so our minister of youth that you and I had, Mm -hmm. not... Not, not Andy Gibb. I know. <laughs> For that people who so listened a couple, uh, <laughs> a couple episodes ago. Uh, now that's a Sorry. lock-in. <laughs> um, the the um, one that we had, we had a huge youth group, like the biggest in uh, our city. And our youth minister was just a tad dorky. He wasn't, um, a lot of them are really in tune with the kids, but he wasn't. And he has like was, old jokes. But this was so long ago too. Were any right. of them? I think there were. I think there were a few. And in it, Texas. it's fine. Yeah. He was nice and all that, but he was definitely would tell old jokes and every time it was he had this weird um, joke. Do you remember where it's like an 18 part joke that he would always <laughs> tell about? And then someone asked him, What's wrong with this? And then, like, he'd spin his arm around and he'd keep it spinning around. And then the second part of the joke, it would make his foot move. And then at the end, like, his whole body is doing something. Do you remember that joke? Nope. Oh, it, it, he told it a lot. And when he would start it and there were people we'd brought to the church, maybe to the lock-ins, we'd all look at each other like, oh no, here goes this 10 minute joke (laughs) that we're laughing out of being uncomfortable. 10 minute joke. He would, uh, definitely be at the lock-ins and we would do things like, um, that could almost be slightly sexual where it's past the apple from neck to neck and yeah we, we did the one where there's a bunch of flour and you have to go and find something in the bottom of the pile of flour and your hands are behind your you know body and it was like what? a race yeah so we did a few of those your hands are behind your body well like put your hands behind your back and then a table full of something and I remember one being a lot of flour and maybe there's hmm. an apple at the bottom of that and you have to dig through the flour whoever gets the apple first or something like that well yeah they talk here about gross out games and um <laughs> So stuff we, like were, that. we were pioneers. We were just getting in there. We hadn't gotten to the gross stuff. But and they were cheap and inexpensive. 
because I have more to tell you. Oh, very. It was all, Mm -hmm. like I said, I'm sure flour was cheaper than, you know, whipped cream or whatever else the other fancy churches (gasps) were doing. Did you read these things? I thought they were a surprise to you. (laughs) I know some of them probably just because I have kids that, uh, you know, it it goes over to like, I know, you know, if your kid's in band or whatever, they do some of the same things, but I want to hear about them. Well, they also had a thing called sanctuary softball where you whack a Nerf ball in church (gasps) and then home plate is the altar and you run through the pews. Yeah. That would have been fun. Totally sacrilegious though. I'm sure. I mean, I don't think so, but I'm sure people are like, oh, this is a temple of God. We're not playing, you know, softball. Wow. I don't know. It was just a chair. Yeah. Um, um, so let's see. They they did talk about the um, the games like you talked about with the Apple yeah. that were kind of touchy-feely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then... Then it says in this article, what do teenagers learn from these youth group activities? Nothing of the Bible. Well, who cares? It's just, it's a bonding thing. It's just, it, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just a happy time. It is. Um, but mean, it also says, time, but, <laughs> yeah. hey, um, but it also says that it makes them want to give into peer pressure for the drinking of the gross stuff. Um and then, and then it says, what do they learn from this? That Christianity is stupid. Status-conscious teenagers know that those who are so desperate to be liked that they'll do anything to curry favor are impossible to respect. I'm like, mm, okay. Uh, but they're, I mean, all, we're all, they're all idiots. Exactly. And, I mean, it can, you can think any angle of it. You could say, well, it's creating groupthink or... But then you can say it's providing a a nice, you know, safe place for mm-hmm. kids to. You're going to like this one. Do something. This, Go this, ahead. This author says teenagers get enough entertainment, psychology, and hedonism from their culture. They don't need it from their church. What they need and often yearn for is God's word and spiritual formation. Mm. I don't All know right. about yearning. I don't think there's a lot of yearning. I don't think so. I think you have to sneak it in. And not for a, a 12 to 15 hour, excuse me. <laughs> no, that's a long time. at a lock-in. Like, that's, nobody's like, can we please put away this fun? And, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then there's another guy who is um, a youth minister. And I don't want to say his name, but it's all on the interweb. Um, He said that he would go all out to have a great lock-in experience. So they would get bands. Can you imagine that? Bands. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Order tons of pizza, go to different locations. This is what I'm saying. It's like they are now going off campus. Uh, He said they would rent big inflatable games. And they were huge. Lock-ins were always his biggest attended events. They were big in youth ministry world. And then he says, no more. (laughs) I have been converted from the ranks of the lock-in-aholics. I will never do a lock-in again, and here's why. Oh, I want to hear that. Why? And then this is a term I've been running across lately and doing research for this. Um, 
first reason is they don't grow the kingdom. It says they're fun events and they draw a lot of students, but he never saw any long-term kingdom impact from them. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to see that, I don't think, to make something like a nice benefit of being in a community where there's a church. Uh, But it's all about output input. It doesn't have to be, though. Uh, Shouldn't it just be about, hey, here's a little bonus of having a community? Well, you're thinking logically and with a different intention. I think their whole, it's all conversion rates, literally, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It says um, he had uh, some devotions, but um, some students started coming to youth group. But because of lock-ins, but not many did. Like, well, isn't one enough? Um, he said he wondered if he could invested, could have invested elsewhere and saw a better return. So it's ROI, return on investment. Yep, exactly. Um, he said they require a lot of work and money. I've spent untold hours planning lock-ins. They cost a lot of money to buy food, rent special equipment, Pretty sure they didn't in 1985. (laughs) Um, Hire a band, pay for a speaker. Dear God. Um, If you want, if you do something, you want to do it well. And I'm like, oh, do you? Maybe it's just fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But this I like. Nothing good happens after 3 (laughs) a.m. He goes, I have an idea. Let's get a bunch of hormonal teenagers, hype them up on Mountain Dew, get them running around for several hours, <laughs> then see what happens when this toxic stew mess hits exhaustion stage. Nothing good happens after 3 a.m. at a lock-in. I've caught students making out. I had a deacon's daughter sneak out and smoke marijuana. I had a visiting student fake a seizure to get the attention of her boyfriend. Oh, I had. My gosh. <laughs> I had an adult volunteer and students trash a bathroom that no one was supposed to use after getting into a shaving cream fight Uh. and not tell me so I could find out later when the cleaning lady had a fit. (laughs) (laughs) I had a visiting student come to me and tell me she sees dead people and saw (laughs) demons in the church. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing good happens. (laughs) Anyway, um, he said he had heard worse stories like students having sex, disappearing volunteers getting into fights and um i can see that yeah yeah i mean i don't (coughs) want to stay up all night long and i knew how crabby i was and we were good kids generally who just you know want to play ping pong all right you know oh that's right we had ping pong still it was you know then he goes imagine you are right then he goes into how it's not healthy and, it, and staying up all night is bad for your health and not just for older people. It increases risks for stroke. Blah, blah, blah. Boring, boring. Mm-hmm. Um, they set up false expectations of ministry. I'm like, well, yeah, if you're supposed to buy a, an inflatable bouncy thing, sure. That sets up a bad expectation. Yeah. Um, no one ever says a bouncy house made me come to Jesus. No. Yeah. I know. Um, And then there was another guy who had ideas to survive one. And he said, as a kid growing up in youth group, I'm sure I went to four or five all-nighters by the time I was 17. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. He did not. Um, He said he remembers sneaking around late at night and having one of his pastors chase him down the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I just want to see that sprint. <laughs> then he says, fast forward to when I was 22. 22. By that time, I was a youth director at church. Okay. A 22-year-old is not yep. equipped. Exactly. And I, there are quite a few. I live in the South, and I know yeah. quite a few who at that age. <laughs> yep. So some of the mistakes he said in planning back then, too much food, not enough planned <laughs> events. I didn't set boundaries in the building. I let some of the kids talk me into some things. <laughs> I'd like to read more about that. Um Okay, so then he starts talking about how they went to off-site destinations. Mm-hmm. And do you know what the destination that everyone likes to do at, like, 1 a.m.? Mm, no. Go to Walmart. Oh, yeah. They take the youth group and they go to Walmart. Can you imagine, like, Walmart doesn't even deserve that. Because <laughs> church kids are pains in the butt. When Some of them, yes. They go, well, just like they're not destructive as much as they are just <laughs> a band of doofuses that, yeah. Yeah, and they go to the local mall to play a game of Where's Waldo. I don't even know how that works. No, because the mall's um, closed, right? <laughs> yeah, but you can get into the uh, exterior area. I um, didn't think you could all night. Oh, Maybe not all night. You're right. Yeah. Well, maybe um, it's an outdoor mall. Maybe it's a southern place. Then go it ahead. says they go to the local trampoline park to jump around for 90 minutes. And then <laughs> there's a concert exactly. yeah, by a local Christian rapper. It's got to just uh-huh. suck on concept alone. <laughs> um, and then they go bowling, and then they go to Perkins. I know. That's so much, like... It's a lot of extra... Ugh. And it's, it's like, like a, off campus. That's yeah. a lot of people to take and keep track of. And that's expensive, too. I mean, there are some small churches that, like, there's seven kids at a lock-in because I helped with one. Um, and one that I helped with, I was in college. My girlfriend's fiancé was like a you know, minister of youth in the making at some small church. And Mm -hmm. so they did a lock-in, but it was girls at an apartment, and then the boys (laughs) were somewhere else at some other apartment. But it was just like seven girls, you know, just wasn't a small church. Um, But the whole you know, thing would be like these deep talks about right. virginity and purity and stuff Ugh. like that. Yeah. So briefly, um, my kids both went to lock-ins in the last 10 years. They'd be invited by people and we would debate my husband and I like, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be the full court press, but we let the kids go. And they had different kinds of of, ex- of of witnessing and like of of speeches. That's not the right word. Um, Is that lock-ins? what you mean? Full court press. Yeah, yeah. Like conversion. We're gonna do something in the way okay. that might make the kids either feel uncomfortable or, um, you know, or they might come back Christians. And we got a little of both each time, mm-hmm. but. 
one of them we always thought about because it's a big church and it had all these games, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. but these really innovative ones on the wall, like a big Lego wall that you would build Lego things on, obviously, Hmm. or um, a game with this big spinny wheel. I don't know how you play it, but anyway, it, it looked really cool big church that they could run through. But then when the kids came home, they would have um, these fake dollar bills. And they're like, (laughs) we got five, you know, like say it was called Big Vision Church. We got five vision dollars. And they said, if we go back on Sunday, we get five more. And then they have these little stores where the kids can buy these cool things in. Like, and of course, what's a cool thing? You know, erasers that look like little doll heads or <laughs> whatever would be okay. a young kid would be so into um, a little slinky, this or mm-hmm. that. And it was a pain because we were really sort of not battling, but having to deal with this manipulative way to get the kids to go back. Right. And then we received a letter and it was Uh addressed to our kid. And (laughs) I can't even remember what it said, but we had gone ahead and opened it because she was like 10. We're like, Oh, we open everything because you know, they're not. You're 10. Yeah. And it was definitely, um, We would like you to come to the church. If your parents don't go to the church, we can arrange a way for another family to get you. It was just sort of outside the boundaries. And we got a little, like, ticked off. But that's the thing. Now you go and they have your address, your phone number, all that. And they go ahead and just contact the kids. And they, yeah, they do all these things to try and get them in again but because I think the whole idea too is indoctrinate them young and you're gonna keep them and make them feel a part of something yeah because which is fun it is because if you're not where I live if you're not a part of something it is Mm -hmm. known by everyone and it's Mm. very there's very few of you As you get to high school, it gets a little easier and better. But in those younger years, it's really tough for the kids. You're a GDI. A goddamn independent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this this last guy said that he does still do lock-ins because students need to have some fun, safe experiences at church. I like that. Sure. Um, we can interject the gospel in events like these. I like that thinking, you know, not necessarily, all right, sit in this metal chair and listen. But, you know, hey, if you're bowling and being a jerk, this is a nicer way to treat your friend. Yes. Let me tell you how Jesus would bowl. There you go. Um, (laughs) He would have a really humble you know, <laughs> scraggly-ass ball. That's right. He refused to wear the shoes because he was barefoot. But yeah, and the holes wouldn't fit his fingers properly. We're oh. not going to get to holes in the hands. Okay. Um, oh, oh, in the ball. 
Um, and then it says that they have the opportunity to build relationships with students and get, and you know, the students get to know new students, which is so true. Yeah. Um, that's a good part. Yeah. And this guy says, do it once a year, get a lot of chaperones, go off campus. I'm like, uh, it, it, uh, that and, bewilders and, and me. Yeah. That does too. It even says the more time he spends off campus, the less things that can go wrong on campus. I guess he's like, keep him busy, keep him busy. You right. Know, it's but. like, go bowling, go to Walmart. And then somebody else, somebody else in the comment section of something were saying like, well, the kids made us go to Walmart because apparently it's a tradition. <laughs> I know. What if every year they're like, this year we get to go to Walmart. And there's a I super just, Walmart. Just love the idea of like the cashiers at Walmart, like these damn kids. Look at them. Look at them coming. Should we read a letter? Yes. Okay. Should I tell who it's from? Um. Well, first of all, Please send in your letters, make them funny, make them five minutes, and make them true. And there is a little space where you can say if you want us to read your name. Um, and you can find that on the website at deconversiontherapypodcast.com. Or, or just email it, because uh, that's my favorite part, is hearing what everybody else has been going through. Yeah. I, of course, say use the form on the website because it's easier for me to keep track of it. Oh, I'm sorry. But, you know, Bonnie, Do what she says. Yeah, I'll give Bonnie's number out at the end, and I think you all should text oh, her your kidding. stories. But make sure you text the paragraphs out of order on different days. At about then, 3 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here is from Stacy. She says, after my father-in-law died, my mother-in-law got very involved in her Baptist church. It offered her a social group. That's true. Mm -hmm. She loved volunteering in the nursery, and she seemed happy to have something to do with people her age. Although my husband identifies as Christian, he really has no clue what he believes in. Let's call him <laughs> non-denominational. And he was perfectly content to raise our kids Jewish at my request. Yeah, he's up for anything is what I'm hearing. Yeah, just, just a loving guy. Um, about five years ago, my husband's older brother died suddenly in his sleep, and Grandma took it upon herself to make all the funeral arrangements through her church. Needless to say, my four Jewish kids had never been to anything church-related, <laughs> let alone to a Baptist funeral. They sat respectfully through the service with looks of shock on their faces, eyes wide as they were told how horrible they were for essentially being uh, Jewish kids. Oh, uh, that's terrible. <laughs> as I'm going to write that church. <laughs> as soon as the funeral ended, each kid hovered near me and made a quiet comment. Uh. Kid one. Uncle Sonny would have hated his funeral. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Does Grandma actually believe that stuff? <laughs> Kid, too. Uh, I think I prefer the Jewish, more benevolent God. We believe that Jesus was a historical figure. It would be like Jews believing that George Washington had superpowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This from her kid. That's funny. 
kid three imitating the pastor. You are all going to burn in hell because you don't believe in Jesus. There is a time to live and a time to die. Now let's go upstairs and eat baked ziti. (laughs) (laughs) They got the right thing of there's a time to live and a time to die. Like that is, yep, that's the verse. And some kind of pasta dish. Right, right. That's easy and is in one of Large those. Large metal. Yep. Disposable <laughs> tray and it sploshes. Yeah. Um, kid number four, age seven, summed it up in two words, and this mama could not have been more proud of him. All he said, he's wrong. It's <laughs> cute. You got that right, kid. You got that right. So that's from Stacy. She's in Greenwich, Connecticut. Thank you, Stacy, and thank you for being someone in the tribe who listens to us. Now we can say we're multicultural. Yeah. Podcast. That's it. Well, the whole thing about there was someone that was telling me about a funeral the other day, and it was sort of the same thing where it's just was torture because you feel you have to do it in a church like that. Does even though um, most Protestant Christians don't believe that any kind of ritual done at a funeral does anything for the soul of the person who died, it's like they still feel they need to do it in a church. But that's the ultimate opportunity to get people who wouldn't go to church with you, but who were friends with you, in to mm -hmm. hear a message. Rake them in. And that's the thing. Like, there was one recently, I, again, blanking out, but they said it was very boring. It was nothing about the actual person. It was all about the conversion story. So it could have been interchangeable. You can just swap out the casket, and it wouldn't have been anything that was specific to that person. That's what mine's going to be. I'm really worried. What do you want? Do you want a funeral? No, I don't want anything, but I mean, at least (laughs) maybe they're going to just, you know, take advantage of, oh, here's somebody else who died. Let's give a message. I think I'll do it. (laughs) Um, I'll still be around. And then um, I'll do the dance on the grave thing. But I don't, I think a lot of people are, sort of not into funerals anymore for themselves and probably because a lot more people also just want to be cremated, you know. Yeah. It takes up too much earth and it's too expensive. So now for Don't Be an Asshole. It's our segment, our, our, you don't want me to call it a corner, so (laughs) I'll call it a bookend. All right. So I think that we should explore like the archive of things that haunt us because there was one that still haunts me. I used to be the manager of a store and there was this woman who acted like anything that other people did that were not with the teachings of Jesus were horrible Mm -hmm. But the things that she did were equally disrespectful and cruel. 
You and don't so, say. <laughs> I know. So one day I lost it, and I just had a fit right in the middle of the store, and I said something to the effect of, you say you're a Christian, but you treat people worse than anybody, and blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, that's really not the appropriate way to behave. Um, I say go for it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But <laughs> but you're still supposed to be a manager. Oh yeah. You know, and not lose it. Um but uh, yeah. She was awful. I won't lie. Say but, there you go. Yeah, See lying that then you do a real asshole. <laughs> well, we'll put her name and address up on our website. <laughs> You can send her condolences. But why does it haunt you? Just because you lost control? Absolutely. I mean, you've really never seen anything like this from me. Oh. But I had just had it. Right. And, you know, it was it was telling so-and-so that um, he was going to hell because he was gay. And this other person, uh, you know, because of what they did. And everybody was doing something awful. But she was just being a complete... See you next Tuesday. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's like, oh, I can judge you, but I don't do anything wrong. Yeah. So that one has haunted me. Ah, uh, she deserved yep. it. I guess I still am. Uh, I think that your assholeness helped, you know, maybe clue her in on her assholeness. So it equals ass out. That's what I think. Oh, that's gross. Thanks. I know. Um, <laughs> tell me something good. What? Tell me something good that happened this week. Hmm. That's the second part of our DBAA. That's right. I forgot to think of one of those, except oh. I will say that um, the weather has been phenomenal, and it's such a cop-out to talk about the weather but when it's this beautiful, it, it's not going to last. It makes your whole body just feel like you're connecting with the yep. whole world. It's true. And, yeah. Everyone's like, in a better mood. Everyone's yeah. getting out. Yeah. And people will literally text and go, isn't this a beautiful day? I'm like, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. These are first world problems. And first world things to talk about and be happy about. So I'm happy about that too. Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah, and that's the thing when people are like, oh, God gave us a beautiful day to go to church today since we're recording on a Sunday. (laughs) I'm always like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, Someone today was writing on Facebook where I live, uh, you know, I'm so glad, even though my son isn't here because he's enjoying God's uh, creation of Madrid, Spain. I'm like, what? Like, God even gets credit for a city? I mean, I know he gets credit for weather, but... I enjoy God's Spanish creations. Uh-huh. <laughs> tennis player, which he, let's see. Keep going. I know. <laughs> Seeing if you can miss it. Okay. So my don't be an asshole is more an internal thought process of how giddy I got the last <laughs> two days because 
I live in this um, tiny, uh, nearly all white little suburb in the South, and everyone can be a little, you know, judgmental and Christian y and all what? that. And I know they kept talking on our Facebook thing about we're going to do an outside Easter service, which I can't tell you how much God was involved in the weather being beautiful today so they could have that outside. Um, But that kept going for the last week. You know, we're going to have this. Everyone's invited. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And then yesterday, today's Easter, yesterday, my husband and I were driving to the front of the neighborhood, and he spotted something in the road and the entrance sort of area. And we're like, oh, what's that? It's three condoms. <laughs> and they're just out there on the road. And it got me like, oh, so I. Wait, wait. What? Unused. Okay, thank you. Yes. Okay, good. Or, well, I could make a comment, what? but. Um, they were there, they were place purpose. (laughs) You could tell they've been taken out of their little envelopes. They've been put there. And so. Oh, so they weren't in the like metallic. No, no. Oh, they were at attention. So I, um, posted on Facebook, um, did anyone lose three little balloons? Ha ha. You know, and then mm-hmm, people mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. like, oh, there were some on my street too. And someone else, <laughs> we have a grocery store in the neighborhood. Someone's like, there were a bunch all over the parking lot at the grocery store. <laughs> and there just made me giddy to think that the people that were holding the church service and trying to get people into the neighborhood today were scrambling <laughs> last night. To find all the condoms so that no one would, you know, see them when they came into the neighborhood. And so little evil Karen inside of me was a little happy. I know. That's funny. Um, And then my good thing, well, that's my good thing. Um, My good thing is. Your thought life needs to be, you know, examined. That's it. That's really where all my assholeness is located. Um, oh, no one wants to get in there. Keep but thinking about it. It'll turn into things and things. actions. Oh, actions. Then okay. You'll, then um, you'll have something to talk about. The other thing that I am happy about is, um, again, it's Easter. And, you know, if you want to find your tribe, if you've deconverted, if you're not a Christian, go out on Sunday morning on Easter and (laughs) there they will be. But also if you want to go out to eat, it's best to find more of a bar that serves food because this bar on main street that we'll look in every once in a while and it's really tiny and you'll be like, it supposedly has the best burgers and all that, but we can never get in there. It was empty today. It was fantastic. I know. So we went in there. Thank you, Jesus, for that, (laughs) because 
That that's some cause and effect that. that he did do for me today. Thanks for listening to us. Thank you. Blabble. Um, And please write us, send us, find us on Twitter or Instagram. Just put in deconversion therapy and we'll pop up. And then on Facebook, we have a really good hidden group that's going that everyone has saved up all these memes for probably the last 12 (laughs) years and have been posting them. Um, and they're hilarious. And you can find that. <laughs> and they're hilarious. What? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, I didn't get you it. You said in their whole areas. They're hilarious, I said. Oh, I thought you meant the areas where they had holes. I don't know what podcasts you're on, but <laughs> I would never say that. DBAA for next They're whole areas. The... Okay, so go to Deconversion Therapy Podcasts and like that on Facebook, and then you'll see it point towards our group that is a closed group, and you can say whatever you want, and nobody else will know that you're in there. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Have a good week. And enjoy good weather, and God bless, and bye now. Bye. Bye.